0: Okay. Araparasha contrasts two ways people seek divine reassurance. One of these is destructive and the other is productive. The incident of the golden calf illustrates a destructive way of seeking divine reassurance. It involves reverting to the familiar, staying stuck in the past. It's immature. Torah illustrates this by telling us how the children of Israel were unnerved that Moshe was away from them atop Mount Sinai, gone for who knows how long. They want reassurance. So they ask Aharon to make them a God they can see, a familiar God, a golden calf. Of course, this calf is a reminder of the idolatry of Egypt. It's reassuring because it's familiar, but we know it is wrong. It leads them away from a true knowledge of God into pagan excesses and sensationalism. The golden calf is a security blanket. All of us have such, from our pasts, the immature habits of body and mind we use to escape and to cope. Meanwhile, up on Mount Sinai, Moshe is overwhelmed with the burden of leading a huge and fractious people. Like Israel at the foot of the mountain, he is also seeking reassurance. He begs God, I beg you, show me your glory. This plea is vastly different from Israel's pleading for a golden calf. This is different because Moshe is not asking Aronai to reconnect him with a familiar security blanket. Instead, he asks Hashem to lead him into the unknown to reveal aspects of himself that Moshe has barely touched. This is a mature approach. The same choice confronts us. Amidst the uncertainties of life, do we seek reassurances by reverting to the familiar and often to the immature? Or are we prepared to reach out to God that he might reveal to us aspects of himself and his dealings that we have yet to encounter. Do we want what we had, or do we want something more? The Bible has a term for this kind of maturity that we should seek, what we must do in times of stress. We must do as we see Moshe doing, the term the Bible uses for this mature approach is pressing on. In the time that remains, let's look at what it means to press on, to come into a deeper knowledge of God. We'll do this by first examining the experience of Hosea, the prophet, and then examining the experience of Paul, the apostle. The prophet Hosea, was a prophet of the northern kingdom of Israel. He ministered for perhaps 60 years and prophesied in a time when Israel was in its last stages. Hosea died just before the nation went off into exile. In chapter 6, we read this. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we uh, may live before him. So let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain, watering the earth. In our passage, Hosea urges Israel to repent, to return to obedience to Hashem. Come, let us return to the Lord. He does this while acknowledging that God has been dealing severely with them. He has torn us. But the good news is that Adonai stands ready to heal those whom he has wounded. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us and will spiritually revive them even after a brief time, proverbially two or three days. Hosea says this reassurance is as sure as the sunrise and as certain as the spring rains you can bet on it. Hosea makes a statement at the heart of today's concern, when he says, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. What does it mean to press on to know the Lord? Here we should look at two very common verbs found in the verse. The first verb uh, verb is yada. It's the standard word for to know. We find it here in the simple kal form, grammatical form. It's a verb that's used 953 times in the Tanakh. And it has a breadth of nuances, including this one. Knowing something by experience. This seems to be what Hosea is getting at and what Moses sought atop Mount Sinai. Both Moses and Hosea are speaking not merely of knowing about God, but of knowing him more deeply, experiencing who he is. This brings us to Hosea's second verb, radaf, also here in the cow stem, in the second person plural. It means to follow after to pursue, to aim to secure something, even to hunt. In a bad sense, it can refer to a persecutor who won't let you rest, but most often it is used in a good sense, such as pursuing tzedek, justice, pursuing shalom, peace, and here, pursuing the experiential knowledge of God. Using this verb, what Hosea wants Israel to know, and us too, is that growing in the experiential knowledge of God is not a passive act. It involves focused effort. Think of a hunter in the forest after a deer. Not bandy, but a bad deer. A hunter is fully alert, fully focused He is all in. In your relationship with God, in my relationship with God, are we focused? Are we all in? Are we pressing on to know the Lord? Hosea is calling us to focus on the task of getting to know God better. Let us press on to know the Lord. Paul also speaks of pressing on. He does this twice in Philippians chapter 3. He says, whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Messiah. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Messiah, Yeshua, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Messiah and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Messiah, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Paul is modeling for us what we're speaking about today turning away from old forms of reassurance to something else, the mystery of what awaits us in a deeper knowledge of the Messiah. He illustrates what Hosea means by growing in the experiential knowledge of God when he says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. All of this is what Paul is giving himself to in his life. Paul is all in. This kind of sacrificial living is what Paul gives himself to, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He next gives us the ultimate reason he does this. He says, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul's way of faith is no couch potato religion. It is not passive. He's not pressing on. He is, rather, pressing on to come to know the Lord. He's hunting. He's pursuing. He's seeking that experiential gold ring. Twice he speaks of pressing on. He says, not that I've already attained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Messiah Yeshua. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Again, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Messiah Yeshua. He presses on that he may lay hold of that for which God has laid hold of him. Similarly, we should press on to lay hold of the riches of the life available to us in Messiah Yeshua. Finally, he amazes us by saying, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet he's not complacent but in the quest of this deeper knowledge of god he is focused one thing i do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead i press on toward the goal of the upward call of god and messiah yeshua his call is the same as that of Hosea. It is the same as what Moshe sought on the mountain, a deeper experiential knowledge of God. As Moses said, Paul, like Hosea, wants God to show me your glory. So what does all of this have to do with us? How can we apply this to our own lives? Let's consider three suggestions. First, as Hosea tells us, we must return to uh, the Lord, or rather turn towards him. We ought not to take our relationship with him for granted, but rather each day, afresh, relinquish our lives into his hands, always repenting, always reorienting ourselves, in God's direction. We must set our spiritual compasses to true north. Second, we must lay aside some old things in order to embrace the new. Paul puts that this way, whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Messiah. And more than that, I count all things to be loss in view of surpassing value, of knowing Messiah, Yeshua my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Messiah. Third, if we would grow in the experiential knowledge, experiential knowledge of God, we must press on, we must intentionally reach out in his direction, whatever we understand that to mean. So let's close with two musical offerings that underscore our sobering message. The first musical offering is about the golden calf approach to reassuring ourselves.